CMO Combo continues counsel on critical considerations for C-suite marketers. E-commerce during a cost of living crisis. What's the sitch? It's tough times for both companies and their customers. So how do CMOs need to respond? We're joined by Samir Balwani, CEO of e-commerce-focused media agency Query, to drill into the current state of e-commerce and how your marketing needs to adapt. Hi, Samir. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Very eager to be digging into another big, very, very informative episode of CMO Combo on e-commerce because we've we've covered it a few times on the show, but I feel like things have changed quite a lot since we last covered it. Um, most of our e-commerce stuff was done mainly from the perspective of, oh, we're coming out of the pandemic. Everything's looking great. All this growth is going to keep continuing. And now we're in a cost of living crisis. We're in a recession. So we're going to find out if things have changed today a little bit. So I'm hoping you can keep us up to date on what's going on right now. But before we dig into that, maybe you could introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about why you wanted to talk about this topic in particular today. Yeah. So uh, hi, everyone. I'm Samir Balwani. I'm a CEO and founder of Query. I've been in uh, digital marketing for about 20 years now uh, and, and had the pleasure of working agency side, uh, small startups, scaling startups, uh, and enterprise as well, uh, finally at American Express. Uh, so kind of seeing the gamut of how things work and, and where go- people go. And I realized that there was a gap for you know really specialized media agencies uh, with three key things. So a consultative point of view, uh, a truly repeatable process. So if they do things well once, let's make sure they continue doing it again. Uh, and a business-minded viewpoint. It was always marketing first or media first. I really wanted to have an agency that was business-minded. And so that's where Query was born. So we work with high-growth e-com brands. I am now the CEO um, and and has been a fun ride. So I, I mean, e-commerce consumers, uh, e-commerce growth coming through the pandemic, out of the pandemic, that is kind of my passion and uh, what I get excited about talking about. Great stuff, great stuff. So you're the perfect person to be having this conversation with today um let's start sort of like with a foundation let's talk about what is the state of e-commerce right now as i said the last times we've discussed it on the show it was all very very optimistic but i know at least in the uk i've seen a lot of stories in the news about e-commerce platforms that invested a lot of money hoping to keep riding this wave of growth that happened during the pandemic and then the cost of living crisis in the uk has had a massive impact on that What, what are things like in the states at the moment yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's confusing. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, but it's becoming more certain, I think is what I would say. And um, the things that we're dealing with, at least here from a consumer standpoint, are uh, consumers that continue to spend. Uh, a consumer, I mean, uh, I was just reading this morning, MasterCard announced that they beat earnings expectations in Q4, which means that people spent a lot of money in Q4 <laughs> and more so than they expected. Uh, which is awesome. And I think that that spending is going to continue for a while because the labor market is really tight here. So people have jobs and there's still more open jobs than there are people working. So people have the funds to actually spend the money. I think the cost of uh, living crisis, so inflation pushing up food costs and gas costs and rent, uh, is definitely making consumers have to choose between what they want to purchase and what they need to purchase. And so I think that's where our e-commerce clients are definitely seeing um, the impact, but it's not even. So certain brands and certain segments are getting hurt harder than other brands and other other segments. So uh, if you need the product, 
obviously you have a leg up. Uh, if your customer is more of a luxury or wealthy customer, they aren't being hit as hard by the cost of living crisis than others are. So you're kind of okay. Um, if you're fueling uh, products that are swinging back post pandemic, so think luggage, travel goods, et cetera, where people are, you know, haven't traveled for so long and now that's where they're spending a lot of their money, you're still doing great. So uh, that's why I'd say it's uncertain, but becoming more certain. We're starting to see the trends in different segments and what we're kind of expecting from those people over the next six to 12 months. Well, I'm looking forward to exploring these these trends with you because to me, it sounds like an absolute nightmare of a time to build an e-commerce marketing strategy with this kind of uncertainty. Like, What are the challenges uh, uh, CMOs and e-commerce businesses facing at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is um, I guess the uncertain, the unsaid rule of the C-suite at any business is uh, everyone is equal, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, when you're leading through pandemic where you're seeing high growth and uh, you know numbers are looking awesome and everything is doing great, CMOs, you got all the power in the world because you are driving that ship and you are moving things forward and everything is uh, resting on your laurels. We're going into a conservative world right now. Profitability is becoming more important. Efficiency is becoming important. That power is moving closer to the CFO and really understanding, hey, are we making money? Are we making good financial decisions? Are we getting paid? Is this all smart? So that's going to be a real shift for a lot of CMOs as they start to realize, hey, I got to check in on my CFO more and more often and make sure they're on the right, you know, they're feeling good about things. And so I think that that's one of the things uh, that we're starting to see more conservative spending, uh, more conservative thinking, uh, less, you know, go do this huge idea and it doesn't matter how much it costs, like really how much does it cost? What do we expect to get from it? Um, and that's a, a, a hard place to be for a CMO where a lot of the stuff that moves the needle is innovative, risky, um, not easily measured. Uh, the table stakes are easy, right? Like, you know, some performance marketing, some direct mail, some uh, inputs. Like, we know the we know the levers to pull as a CMO that will get you basic growth. But really, when you're a certain size, the big things, those big investments, those big engagements that you're doing that are not easy to really understand what the expectation or outcomes are going to be, those are the things that are getting uh, cut right now. And those are the worst kinds of conversations to be having with a CFO. Those kinds of, yeah, we need to take a risk. We need to take a chance. We don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. How can you have those kinds of conversations right now during a recession? Like, uh, like yeah. Well, it, what is the, the route forward? Yeah, it's interesting. So um, what we see a lot of CMOs do right now, and it's, it's interesting because it's been consistent um, when I worked at Agency Life, when I was in startups where we had to make these kinds of decisions, uh, startups go through their own mini recessions on their own when they start to get their burn rate start to get really high and they start to see the end. Uh, and so uh, startups have this understanding of like how to deal with that. And then even at the enterprise level, we see this pretty consistently. So um, when brands start to become conservative, when companies start to become conservative, CMOs have to decide between investing in those big bets that may move the business forward in that step change versus investing in technology, data infrastructure, and internal processes that improve efficiency. And so those are kind of like the steal from big ideas to drive investments in uh, architecture and operational efficiency. And that's fine. The problem is that a lot of times what we see happen is um, 
CMOs will make the decision without understanding the window in which that operational efficiency will pay itself back. So it's it's great if your ROI is you know 10x by investing in that tech, but it's 10x ROI over 10 years, right? Like it's great, but that's not really awesome. And so I'd rather figure out what am I giving up by not investing in that in the same time period. So uh, not running a brand campaign may have a one-year window where it's not going to impact you versus, and then compare that against your development. And in that same one-year window, how much efficiency am I gaining in that one-year window? So uh, that, I think that that's an important outlay for CMOs to really think about of uh, really comparing apples to apples. The other thing is uh, media spend is not something you want to cut right now. Um, CPMs tend to rise year over year, but as people start to move, so CPMs is cost of uh, impressions, so cost of a million of a thousand impressions, and uh, as people pull money out, the CPMs start to drop because it uh, the auction prices start to get cheaper since there's less demand. That's great for you. Uh, that's that's where you want to be. You don't want to be one of the people that hold out money and is kind of stuck. Um, just holding on to funds while other people are taking advantage of the fact that you've been out there. And then the third piece of it is the other reason why you don't want to pull money out of brand advertising and media is as we're going through a cost of living crisis, as we're um, seeing inflation, uh, we can't make the assumption that customers are just going to stop buying what they buy right now. They probably won't. They will still buy what they want. They may just not buy it from you. And an important thing to remember is that's not only happening to you because that's not a brand specific thing. That's a market impact. So that means that brands that are more expensive than you are going through that same, potentially that same moment where customers are looking at changing brands. So when you're not in the market at a time where customers are choosing to change brands, you're really missing a huge opportunity. And so that's where we tell CMOs, Operational efficiency and data infrastructure is important. Be really careful about doing that. Don't pull so much, don't cut, but reduce. And be aware of the fact that um, your customers are going to leave, but so are other brands. And making sure that you uh, are capturing an equal amount will allow you to weather. You may not grow, but you'll still weather the storm. Uh, all of this assumes that you have the data to make these decisions. And that's one of the things that's been a real miss uh, for a lot of e-com brands right now, and that we're seeing a huge investment in, uh, and and I think is an important investment. And so that's what brings us to this conversation around attribution and uh, attribution tools and marketing mix modeling around, how do I better understand what the impact of my brand awareness campaigns are so that I can actually make a decision against other tools and other investments. And I think that that is a really valuable um, investment, especially right now. So finding a good partner platform and tool to help you with multi-touch attribution, with marketing mix modeling, and really um, building some certainty in this extremely uncertain world. And then that's definitely what you need for conversations with your CFO, is that clear attribution, that that showing directly how your your efforts are moving the needle in the right direction. But what if you don't have access to all that data? What if you were a 
brand new, well, not brand new e-commerce, but maybe you, you got, you launched during the pandemic. It went really well. You saw a lot of growth. You don't necessarily have the historic data to show the normal circumstances of, of the market. Like you don't have anything prior to the pandemic, for example, like how do you go about showing the trend, showing the, 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 the data that you need to have these conversations with the CFO if you don't have access to that kind of data? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that people, uh, LICMS don't do a good job of is educating CFOs mm-hmm. and educating them on uh, and bring them into the fold and and allowing them to be a part of it. Uh, CFOs are smart people. And the beauty of marketing is it's becoming more and more of a numbers game anyway. Uh, and so uh, I think part of it is really understanding what your CFO is trying to accomplish, what their trade-offs are and what their expectations are, and then coordinating with them to really make sure that um, it aligns and helps them tell a story, right? Uh, I think that this kind of conversation and this integration with CMOs and CFOs has been a long time coming, and I'm actually really excited about it because I think as more and more CMOs have had to become more data and analytical, and I think there was a recent article about how more and more CMOs are coming or have performance marketing backgrounds. Um, which automatically also means that they have a good data and analytics background because it's hard to be a good performance marketer without really understanding the data. But uh, marketing has gone from this, uh, you know, 100% creative, 100%, um, you know, design-focused business uh, role into more of a 50-50, you know, creative, tactical, strategic, uh, and and then data analytical um, role. And that's been good for the business because it's forced CMOs to think from a revenue perspective and what does it mean to be driving an ROI and how do you actually drive brand growth over time, defining it, understanding it, showing it. Um, and it made conversations with CFOs a lot easier because now you guys are talking the same language. And so I think that that uh, coming to the realization that that just needs to happen, especially over the next six to 12 months of being in constant conversations with the CFO, making sure that they understand um, baseline budgets that need to be in place, right? Um, uh, Highlighting opportunity costs of uh, what, so it's important to not only show the cost savings of cutting something, but also the missed opportunity by cutting something. Because um, there's always a cost to not doing something and just making sure that people really understand that. And then the second one is, understanding the time horizon by which you have. So if every if someone told me, hey, this this downturn's only going to last three months and at the end of three months, we're going to be fine. I'd say, okay, cool. We can cut everything you want because we'll draft off of everything for three months and then at the end of three months, we'll just pick up where you are. But the reality of the situation is no one knows. So it's more around um, how do you cut things that don't have down funnel impact until you absolutely need to. And so it's more about how do you push things out as far as possible. So that way you can kind of, again, weather versus really considering growth through this period. Definitely, definitely. And it's not necessarily about changing the ideas that you're presenting to the CFO. It's about changing the language and the way that you're telling the story around the ideas that you're presenting to the CFO. It's not about, as you said, it's not about abandoning brand awareness campaigns because you can't clearly attribute it. It's about finding a way to show how those brand awareness campaigns do attribute 
to moving the needle to growth to profitability. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes having that conversation with uh, the CFO, the CEO, and saying, hey, if we cut brand awareness for the next three months, that's fine. We'll save this amount of money, but we're going to pay for it six months from now, right? Because no one will know. We won't have refilled our uh, funnel six months from now, and our performance marketing uh, campaigns are all going to hurt, right? So understanding that you're borrowing money from the future to pay for things now is fine, but you have to tell that story and you need to explain it. And that's why I say the most difficult part about this right now, and and the reason why we're so excited about any level of certainty. So I think the uh, U.S. Fed just increased interest rates a quarter percent instead of a full half percent, which is a huge indicator for us on that they think we're reaching the bottom and that we may do this, but it doesn't tell us how low and how long we're going to be there. And the how long we're going to be there is really important because uh, it makes it harder for us to make decisions on how much brand awareness do we cut? What is the impact on down funnel uh, engagements later on down the line? And how long is that going to go on for? Um, if we knew, if we knew, again, we knew three to six, it's going to be three to six months and we'll be fine at the end of it. Well, then we can make that decision. So it's really about hedging bets as much as you can over the next few months. And you don't even know, it's not just like a, a, a business-wide um, unit of time that you need to use to know how long it's going to be lasting. It, could, it can be different depending on different industries and verticals as well. Right? You, it, it, there's so much up in the air. As you were saying, there's a lot of different products and industries that are doing well right now and others that aren't doing so well. How a recession is going to affect those different industries, we just don't know yet. Like, it hasn't happened. So it's it's very hard to predict. So that I think that's why there's maybe an aversion to risk taking there's an aversion to there's this idea of being conservative around the marketing like how do you get over that kind of fear this kind of uncertainty to be able to push things forward like at the end of the day faint heart never won fair maid so to speak to, to get a bit high-minded with it but yeah you need to you need to make a gamble to be able to see whether it's going to work or not but yeah you... and i think i think that some of it is is around education and um showing people and, and so it's funny because this is where uh, agency partners make their money, right? Uh, this is where having a good agency partner is is invaluable because you do need someone that can uh, have the thought leadership and expertise to be able to help tell that story and explain the roles and um, show the data that explains the impacts of things, right? Uh, so for example, one of the things that you know we'll do pretty regularly is um, you know, we'll have clients that say we need to cut brand brand advertising. It almost always happens. And whether it's a recessionary period or just a, uh, the brand's trying to drive increased gross margin, it doesn't matter. We, we Brand awareness is almost always the first thing that gets cut. And so we can always look back at a client and say, hey, look, when you cut brand awareness, we got a three-month leeway and then this is what happened, right? And so it's really looking through your past data and trying to see the tactics that you did and the ultimate impact that you had Recessions don't always, and I'm going to take this with a grain of salt because uh, this recession is definitely unique. We haven't had a normal recession in God knows how long. Um, and you know, consumer behavior is really weird right now, but uh, the tactics that you implement and the downstream impacts that they have are pretty consistent whether it's a recessionary period or not because uh, those are just strategic decisions that you make. Recessions may make them worse or less worse. Right, uh, it's more about the the amplitude versus the actual effect. The effect will always be there. It's the amplitude that gets impacted. So, 
uh, cutting brand awareness spend may feel great right now. It's still going to impact you later on down the line. It may impact you less because you needed to save the money. Or it may impact you more depending on your segment because, you know, other competitors came in. So I think that that's one piece of it. The second piece that's really interesting and something for brands to uh, be very honest themselves about is uh, were you impacted during the pandemic in a way where your sales from this year were pulled forward into 2022 and your forecasts assume that 2024 sales will be pulled into 2023 because that's not realistic. And so uh, really understanding uh, you know, did your industry, did your market, did your brand already make some of the sales you probably would have made this year or last year because of market effect, right? And uh, taking a look back and re-reviewing uh, re re your forecast to make sure that that's not the case. I think that's why we see a lot of e-com layoffs, a lot of tech layoffs right now is because they're starting to realize like profitability is different, consumers are different, uh, things that people would have purchased this year actually happened last year. And so we assumed that we were going to grow at that continued rate, but that's not the reality and not an expected behavior. And so fixing that and, and right sizing. So I think that that's part of uh, the real conversations that CMOs need to have with themselves around even just their annual forecasting growth plans. Like, uh, is it realistic based on what we had previously? So in order to get a really effective holistic look um at, the, at those forecast plans are there any other stakeholders they should be working with in order to get these ideas i mean we've talked a lot about the relationship with the the cfo are there are there any other key players in the c-suite or in other departments that they need to be really working closely with at this time yeah so for uh e-commerce uh the CMO is definitely not on an island by himself. He's so interdependent on he or she or so so interdependent on so many other things. So um, the the things that we uh, love to see from a, a high performing CMO is uh, a CMO that really understands the user experience from a product perspective. So making sure their the product is performing well because. Uh, at the end of the day, you can market the brand all you want, but if people come to the website and the experience is not enjoyable, then there's no one that's going to purchase your product and, and be there. So that, that's one piece. Second piece of it is merchandising. So making sure you have the right merchandise and the nice, right product fit and um, the correct offers, all of those. So those, those are really important elements for motivating the ultimate sale. Uh, and then, of course, the CFO for making sure you have the budget and the margin and the availability to actually acquire new customers. So those from a data perspective. The the other one, which is a newer role, newish role, the, the chief digital officer is another one that we're starting to see more and more often. So that's CDO. So um, we love that role because a lot of times they are uh, the gatekeeper to uh, customer lists and data and analytics tools and um, just personalization all around on, on the website. Uh, working with those people, with that team, is really important because that gives you the information you need to arm yourself to make really smart decisions on what you're investing in from a media perspective, right? Um, again, this year is going to be the year of efficiency. And I think everyone's going to talk about margin and profitability and efficiency and uh, growth will be an important piece of it, but it's not going to be growth at all means. So, um, you know, having a real, real understanding of what your impact is and what that future 
is laid out for you is, is going to be important. And, and that data becomes more and more valuable as we go on. Definitely. Speaking of the shift of um, going from growth at all costs to maybe maybe putting a, a bit of like a border on it with profitability. Of course, growth is going to be important, but profitability is going to be the big, the big watchword, I think, at the moment. That's going to be quite a big shift in thinking for a lot of CMOs. A lot of them have come up in this era where it's been growth at all costs. Your job at the company is to drive growth. And now they've got to shift their entire mindset, their entire approach to marketing to this profitability idea. Are there any examples they could look to? I know we're in, still in very early days, the recession, but are there any examples of brands that are making shifts that are doing this effectively right now? That I know they might not re release their numbers and stuff, but have you seen any like strategies out there that brands are taking any kind of shifts in how they, um, how they work with customers, that kind of thing that might be a good example for CMOs to look at in terms of how they should be rethinking their approach to marketing right now? Yeah, it's interesting because it is really early. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're taping this at the beginning of February. And I think a lot of people are still going through their annual forecasting and reviewing what their goals are going to be for the year, which is um, which is definitely taking longer than it normally does. I'd say usually we're done by mid-January. But I think, again, the so, um, let's go on a little tangent on this one in that uh, uncertainty there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but every week that goes by, we get a little bit more certain with what's going to happen, right? We get a little bit more data, the market starts to get a little bit more careful uh, or more stable. And so we are seeing a lot of CFOs keep pushing out their financial plans and forecasts because they know if they wait one more week, that forecast will be better. They wait one more week, that, that plan will be more accurate or wait one more week and they have a little bit more certainty but we still lost six weeks in the process. We still lose eight weeks in the process. So um, as a CMO, make sure you push your CFO to make a decision and move forward and say, let's revisit these forecasts as we go on because uh, decision paralysis is real and it's happening a lot right now because of how much uncertainty is going on in the market. So I think that that's one key takeaway. But yes, I think... Uh, it's too early for us to point to any individual brand and say, hey, like this is what worked and this what didn't work. But uh, the other part is, I don't think you'd even know um, because from your from a consumer's perspective uh, and from an outsider's perspective, the brand wouldn't be doing anything different than what you would think it's doing, right? Uh, I do think that more and more uh, brands will think really hard about their overarching expenses, their cost to advertise, the tools they're investing in, and and be more ROI focused, meaning having to tell that profitability story a lot more than um, revenue story. So, uh, you know, we can do this and you can reach this many new customers that can drive that much new revenue. And that would usually be the end of the conversation. But now it's, okay, but it's going to cost you this much and this is your expected return. Uh, a lot of good CMOs already went that extra step, but uh, a lot of CMOs didn't have to. And so now they all have to, uh, which I think is an important mindset shift and something that's going to be learned over time for people. Um, so I'd say that that's, that's like the first step in this conversation that's going to happen. Uh, the other thing too is uh, you really got to think about growth from a perspective of money and time, right? 
Uh, you can spend more money to take less time, or you can spend less money and take more time. And so, uh, you know, having that perspective allows you to push back on your you know, CEO, on your CFO, on what realistic growth targets are. Because you know, if they're going to want you to grow 100% and cut your budget 50%, that's probably not realistic, right? So, um, just being very honest about what your growth expectations are going to be. Uh, and then, you know, always caveats are key, right? The market is still shifting. Who knows what will happen? Um, making sure that we have moments to be able to say, you know, this is given what we know now, this is what we think is going to happen. Yeah. Thanks. I I think that was a really good summary of like the message behind this episode, but, um, maybe we should tie everything together. Maybe if you've got any like golden rules of how CMOs should be approaching the market, e-commerce CMOs in particular should yeah. be approaching the marketing strategies right now. Yeah. So, um, the there's a few things that we think are really key for uh e-commerce uh marketers and and sp i'm going to speak specifically on the paid media side because that's that's our core expertise that's that's what we work on so we we really talk about tools that e-commerce marketers need to have in place to be able to scale a brand and they're becoming more and more important so the first one is a really clear media plan and forecast so where are you spending what are you spending on why are you spending on it that month that week what's your expected return right uh, it allows a really clear media forecast allows you to see the interplay between all of those channels. So when I reduce media uh, awareness budget at this month, I can expect this to happen down funnel six weeks later. Or, um, you know, for example, Q4 is coming up at the end of the year. We're going to have to build brand awareness ahead of Q4 so that we can draft off of it in Q4 period. So you want to budget accordingly, right? Uh, that helps improve efficiency. That helps tell a story to your CFO that you're using your budget wisely and you're not just kind of throwing everything to the wall. There's a strategic reason behind it. So those are, it's an important storytelling tool. Um, the second piece of it is really clear ad experimentation plans. What are you working on? What are you experimenting on? What are your expected results from it? Being really buttoned up about that allows you to have a conversation internally and say, this is what we're testing. Here's why we're testing it. Here's the expected impact on it. Did it work? Did it not work? Those are two really, really valuable tools that we think um, brands need to have in place to be able to get their paid media uh, right and be able to kind of scale from there. Um, the third mindset shift is really understanding what your break-even return on ad spend needs to be. So uh, working with the CFO to understand what your margins are, what your product margins are, looking at your products and saying, this is what our product mix looks like and this is what we need to be able to spend. Uh, this is what profit we make on each sale and this is what we're able to spend. Coming to our understanding on, this is our break-even ROAS, this is our target return on ad spend. At certain periods, we may fall below, at certain periods, we may go above, but at the end of the year, our goal is to be above this number and at this rate. That helps really um, set the stage for all your conversations with your CFO, with your CEO, with your team around what your goals are for the year. Uh, and I, I think that that uh, clarity is invaluable for a, a smart CMO. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Samir. I think, I think that's a great note to end on there. Some very, very clear steps that people can be taking right now to get through this uncertainty that we're all in. Um, so thank you very much for joining us today. I, mean, I really enjoyed this conversation. Well, I say enjoy because we've been talking about some very like 
difficult times for a lot of people, but you get what I mean. Like, it's been a very enlightening conversation. Let's put it that way instead. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. This is a, a, a really important topic, something that um, is happening to us, but also, uh, yeah, I always tell people it can feel scary because we don't know what's ahead of us. Our hope is that it's quick and we kind of go back onto um, uh, a growing economy and, and things, you know, continue on. It's it's interesting because the economy is still growing and market is still tight, but um, there's it, definitely just a lot of uncertainty. And, and the more we can do to just find any nuggets of information on what we can hope for ahead of us will make our lives easier. Uh, in the interim, we're just trying to not make any mistakes along the way. Definitely. Thank you, Samir. And then thank you to our audience as well. I think there's a lot of great information in this episode, whether you're in e-commerce or not. So I hope you found it as interesting as I have. And we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.